0: we're going to look at psalms 23 so let me read psalms 23 to us the lord is my shepherd i shall not want. he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for you are with me Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I pray that you would use me to speak your words and to convey what you would have us hear from you this morning. Amen. All right, I got good news and I got bad news for you. I'm gonna give you the bad news first. I'm not a preacher. The good news is you're probably gonna be home for lunch a little sooner than if Dave were preaching this morning. So, um, you know, when I my first impression of Psalms 23, was, um, you know, you hear about Psalms 23 when something big is going on in a person's life. There's been past, past where something big and traumatic was going on and, you know, and somebody said, Psalms 23. And I think it's definitely appropriate for those times, but I think also it relates to us just in the everyday of life. Um, I think David was lamenting to God about how hard his life was at that time. You know, things weren't great for David. And I think it shows us that we can also just be open with our God, we can tell him that life is hard, it's not good, and we don't, have to, we don't like it. This is God's word for us, no matter our situation. I've got a question for all of us this morning. If you or I were asked in who or what do you put our trust? What would be your answer? I think for myself, if somebody would ask me, say 16 months ago, you'll see the importance of that in a second, Ken, who do you put your trust in? I probably would have given the Sunday school answer. Well, I trust in God? I mean, aren't you supposed to? Um, but then God showed me, do I really put my trust in God? Or do I put myself in, put my trust in myself? Um, You know, I'm a pretty resourceful person. Um, If life gets hard, my knee jerk response is to work harder. Maybe y'all can relate to some of this. You know, my job. If job gets harder or working for a tough boss, I just work harder. I just work longer. I figure workarounds. When my marriage gets hard, I try to do more of what I need to do and less of what I shouldn't do. Parenting, especially when my children were younger, we would have hard seasons of parenting. I just try a new method, you know, a new technique. I want to tell you, tell you all this morning kind of my story, and many of you all know it, over the last 15 months of kind of what's happened to me. But in the end, when y'all leave this morning, I don't want you to go away and feel sorry for Ken and think, man, Ken had a hard time. What I want you to hear is how Jesus made himself real to me, how he changed me during a very difficult time these last 15 months, and how he's continually working on my heart today. I may get a little emotional, so you have to bear with me. A side story on that. Me and my wife were at a movie when we were first married. It was a real sad movie and I was crying. I'm not ashamed to say I was crying. And April looked over and said real loud, I thought, are you crying or do you have hay fever? <laughs> well, I don't have any allergies or hay fever this morning so you'll know what it is if you see tears. Um, Let me tell you my story. April, last year, April 16th of 21, I had a stroke. I was at home, it was Friday night. April had gone to bed and I was sitting on the couch and all of a sudden I couldn't set up. I couldn't lift my arm and being in the medical field. I'm like, I'm having a stroke. So I I ended up spending, ended up going to the emergency room, had to call the ambulance, the whole nine yards. I spent six days in the hospital and I was out of work for 15 weeks. During that time, I came to the realization pretty quick, I mean like hour one, that I had no control over the situation. And I wasn't real happy about it. I didn't like it. During this time, kind of how I, my feelings on this were, people asked me all the time, they said, were you mad at God? And I would say, no, I wasn't mad at God, but maybe I was madder than I thought I was. But nor did I have this warm, fuzzy feeling that everything was going to be okay either. I was scared. I was afraid. I was worried about dying. Really, not of where I was going to go, but I was worried about leaving my wife, leaving my children, leaving my granddaughter. I was worried about the ability to provide for my family, my vision issues, because I couldn't hardly see, and still have issues, so if you're sleeping in the back, I can't see you. But I was scared, and I was worried. I was angry at my situation, and that I couldn't fix it. Here's a question for you and I. Have you ever been in a position in life where the only thing you could do was put your trust in Jesus? Because I can't say that I have been there too many times where the only thing I could do was put my trust in Jesus. Or maybe more, this fits for most of us, have you ever been in a place where you tried every method or technique and it did not change your situation? I, there was a there's a quote that I came across from Kim, uh, Tim Keller, and he references part of Matthew 10:39. It reads like this: "It's only when you reach the very bottom, when you when everything falls apart, when all your schemes and resources are broken and exhausted, that you are finally open to learning how completely dependent on God, how to completely depend on God." As is often said, you never realize that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. You must lose your life to find your life, Matthew 10, 39. Can you relate to David being like you're in the valley of the shadow of death, whether it be something big, dramatic, or just the normal heart of life? One thing I've learned through this is, you know, I don't think any of us have the corner of the market of suffering, even though I felt like I did at times. But I don't think any of us feel it, that we have the corner of the market on suffering. My, uh, my first week back at church, it might have been the second, I can't remember, we, uh, we sang the song like we did this morning, The Ancient of Days. And it, it crushed me. I was, I was kind of surprised because I'm not outside of, you know, occasional movie like that. I'm not a real emotional guy. I don't think. Maybe I am. I won't read the whole song, but we sang it this morning. But the, the, the two, there's two parts that really stuck out to me that morning. Through the dead of night overwhelms my soul. He is, he is here with me. I am not alone. Though I may not see what the future brings, I will watch and wait for the Savior King. I will trust his name, for my God is the Ancient of Days. Now, I was brought to tears when we sang that song, because I remembered, and it still made me emotional this morning, I remember that first night in the hospital. I got to my room about 2.30 in the morning. I knew I had a stroke. I knew it was not good. And, you know, it brought me to tears because my God was with me, even though I didn't feel like it in the moment. You know, I I tried to make sense of everything in my mind. I was thinking like my healthcare worker. I was trying to control my situation. You know, I don't know if y'all are like this, but when I thought of the Christian life years ago, I thought the Christian life meant that Jesus would make everything okay. And I didn't have to feel pain or discomfort. To quote my wife, This is not what I signed up for. I think at times I, even though I didn't think, if you were to ask me, I would say no, but I think a lot of times I thought of God as kind of like my genie in my bottle, a genie in the bottle. Whip that sucker out when things are hard or to get what I needed. I also thought, maybe y'all can relate to this, that God would take away my pain. You know, who likes to hurt? whether it's sorrow or physically. Or the one that's pretty famous here in the South is God would bless me. God be blessed. I think I struggled with thinking God was a, a method or a tool to control my life. I just worked God right, did this. It'd control my life and I would have a good life. Psalms 23 tells us the ways in which God cares for us. He makes me lie down in green pastures. God wants us to rest. He restores my soul. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God pursues us with goodness and mercy. I had a wise man tell me that recently. And... I don't know that I ever thought that. That God pursues me even when it doesn't look like it, doesn't feel like it. He pursues me with goodness and mercy. Here's a question for all of us. Do you get angry when you don't get what you want? Because I do. Or when things are not done like you would do them? Because I get it. I mean, that's pretty much all of us. How about this? Or when people... People, meaning spouses, friends, children, co-workers, don't respond like you think they should. I told a lot of people during my time at home, things were not always great at our house between me and April. And a lot of it was because she didn't respond like I thought the way she should have. And... I think i've learned through this just because we don't feel like god is with us or in our situation that our situation hasn't changed doesn't mean that god is not with us or he does not love us or listen to our prayers how this process has changed me over the last 15 months is i don't have the control of my life i thought i did i thought you know, like again, I'm a pretty resourceful guy with work, and you know, I thought I had control over my life, and I realized pretty quickly I don't. I truly take to heart the message when we read the confession of sin, the declaration of faith. I think more now than I did before my stroke. I mean, even this morning, I was convicted when we were in the confession of sin because I was thinking this last week I lost my temper. I lost my temper big time. I lost my temper more than once this week. I said hateful and mean things. And I had to confess that to my God and to, the, to those that I said that to. And I think that's really, you know, there's, there's power in the words that we read and that we sing. And I don't think before my stroke I, I even realized that. You know, I'm not as easygoing as I once thought I was. I'd like to blame that on the stroke, but I think that's just the sin in my own heart. Um, It would be nice to blame it on the stroke. Um, My sin of being jealous of people who I felt didn't have it as bad as I had it, meaning other people who were sick and suffering, because the big thing with me is my vision Like I will struggle to read, I still can't drive. And I would see other people and I'd be like, well, yeah, but at least they can drive. They don't have as, I mean, their their issue's over. So I struggle with my sin with other people thinking they don't have as bad as I have it. I think how I relate to hurting people has changed. Um, We don't have to have the answer. We need to listen more and talk less. I have not learned that lesson in 30 years of marriage quite yet. You know, we as Christians, just people in general, even healthcare workers, we say some really dumb things to people when they're hurting. Some of those are like, God must be doing something, which is true. He's always doing something, He's doing something in my life, but. That's not always well received when you're hurting. And sometimes a person saying it is not always meaning in the best content. I know someone who's had a stroke, cancer, named the illness. Um, That's not real comforting either. It could have been so much worse. Which is true for all of us, but one thing that was said to me as I was... expressing my frustrations my hardship of my vision somebody told me you need to let that go it it was hurtful i wanted to ask them well let me know how that's worked in your life just letting something go when things were hard another one that people say is i'm praying really hard like whether we pray or pray really hard We can't will God to do what God doesn't want to do for us. People give advice that's not asked for. I think we're all guilty of giving advice that nobody asks us for. I think it's what I've learned is our words can be hurtful. One thing I think I'll always remember um, is after my stroke, I was in the hospital with, uh, I got to go see Assela and Ricardo. And they had just received some devastating news about Assela and Ricardo was crying and he was upset. And Assela said, don't worry Ricardo, our God will provide, our God will take care of us. And I said, you're right, he will, but it doesn't mean it's not scary, it's not hard. And I just held her hand and we cried together. I think that will be something I will always cherish. Just that time, you know. Well, is my story over? I, could, I wish I could tell you, man, everything's great now. This is, but it's not a hallmark special movie. I still struggle with trusting God I don't have the corner of the market on that now. Through all this, I still struggle with the trust of God. I struggle to be at my to be angry at my current situation, like daily. I struggle with that. My vision is still an issue, which can cause a lot of frustration. I, on top of all this, I guess I need cataract surgery in both my eyes, and. Some days that can be overwhelming. I, I get impatient with God because he's allowing me to continue to deal with the effects of my stroke. I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's been 15 months. It feels like forever. I'm like, God, come on. Why am I still dealing with this? Not good when your eyes water up and you can't see. Like I said earlier, you know, I I still can't drive. I have to be taken everywhere, and I don't like that. This two two Sundays ago, I had a little bit of a scare. I was going to do announcements that morning, in the front lobby, and all of a sudden my vision got real blurry. And I started seeing double and I thought, oh no, here we go again. We're gonna have another stroke. I didn't, but I had to have an MRI this last week. And I, I'll be honest, even through all this, I was still struggling to trust God after all he's done for me and for my family. I was scared. Everything is okay. So as good as it was, nothing different happened, but Even 15 months later, I still struggle to put my trust in God and not myself. God is with us through Jesus and what he has done by becoming sin and forgiving our sin. Psalms 23 invites us to lay everything at Jesus' feet. Jesus is with us. Jesus will never forsake us. question for all of us how has putting your trust in yourself been working out for you I can tell you it's not worked real well for me in closing I'd ask all of us and myself in what do you and I put our trust in do we trust in God Do we trust in ourselves and what we can do? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for how you're good to us and you love us and you care for us. We thank you that you are with us continually and you make a way for us even when it doesn't feel like it. Lord, we thank you for how you love us and your kindness is good to us. In Jesus' name, amen.